0: Indeed, we worship you, Lord, because you're worthy. You're worthy of the worship, the praise, the honor, and glory, service, strength, offerings, sacrifices. You're worthy of anything we could give. You alone are the God that provide our salvation, and we're so grateful today. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus the Christ, the Son of God who paved the way for our salvation, who made a way for us, that we might become sons and daughters of the living God. We thank you for it even now, and we are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful today, and we just thank you over and over and over again for this wonderful salvation you provided for us. And as we enter this portion of our service, we ask that you go in with us. That you will speak to your people. That we who have ears to hear will hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. That you will touch our ears, teach us to listen. And touch our eyes that we might see Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank God today. We're so grateful that it's nice to be back in the pulpit, amen, after a couple of weeks at, from home because of the weather conditions. Praise the Lord. We're thankful for all you who have joined us on Pastor Faison, and we're at the Living Water Christian Center Church in East Orange, New Jersey, and we welcome you, and thank you for allowing us to come into your homes today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So here's, here's what we want to do. We've been studying, uh, doing a character study of the person of John the Baptist, and we just want to wrap it all up today. Uh, we're going to start from Old Testament prophecies to um, some modern day stuff. We want to look at what has been said about John. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start. We're going to start in Malachi chapter 4. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament just in case you're wondering. And we're looking at the last chapter Malachi chapter 4 we're going to look at the prophecy a prophecy concerning John (laughs) Praise the Lord. In verse 5 and 6 concerning John the Baptist, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. See, you have to understand the Old Testament prophecies, especially prophecies concerning Christ, There's prophecies concerning Christ as 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 the man Christ Jesus living on the earth, and then there's prophecies concerning Christ in the in in the end times, and this one covers actually both of them. All right. So, but when it talks about sending the prophet the prophet Elijah, it's making a reference to John the Baptist. Okay, and we know it's making a reference to John the Baptist because of what we read in Luke chapter one, and we're going to turn to that right now. In Luke chapter 1, but for the great and dreadful day of the Lord is the day of judgment. And that's not going to come until, until um, after the ministry of Christ, after the church age, after the rapture. Amen. Okay, so let's look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter one, we're going to look at verse 17. And this is when Zachariah and Elizabeth, well Zach was told that he's going to have a son, and his son's going to be great, his son's going to be the forerunner of Christ, and he's told all these wonderful things, your prayers are answered, we talked, we looked at this during our Advent series, amen? We do, looked at this during our Advent series. and. um so in verse 17, if I can get it on my tablet in front of me, verse 17, thank you, and that's not it, but I went to chapter 17, y'all bear with me a minute, I'm having technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, Luke chapter 1, not last chapter, okay, here we go. See, this is what I get for not using my Bible and trying to use this technology. I should just have the book in front of me flipping pages, right? Here we go, here we go. And of all the things that the angel of the Lord tells Zechariah, he says in verse 17, he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and of course Zacharias asked the wrong question he said how can this be since I'm an old man and my wife's an old lady way past menopause how can it be and of course the angel caught attitude with him and said I am Gabriel and I come to you I stand in the presence of God and I bring you this good news and you're gonna doubt it just because of that you're not gonna be able to speak until it happens but guess what? It does happen, and so when we scroll down or we turn to um, the chapter seventy, I mean verse seventy-six. Verse seventy-six. It says this: After Zachariah, when 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 they declared that his name shall be John, when they declared that his name shall be John, right? Um, Zachariah's speeches return returned to him and he begins to prophesy, he begins to praise and worship God and to prophesy ab- about the greatness of the Lord and then he speaks to the babe and in verse 76 he says, and you child <laughs> will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way to give to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And then it talks about how the child grew up nice and strong and healthy and um, and became a man of God, all right. So that's what Zach says about John. Let's see what John says about himself. We're gonna move over to Matthew chapter three. <laughs> Matthew chapter three, around verse eleven. We'll start there, I think. Now, we understand John's ministry, and we talked about him, how he called people to repent. And he warned folks, or he announced, the coming of Messiah. He announced that Christ is coming. He said the Lamb, he calls him the Lamb of God. He said he's the Christ, he's the Redeemer, and he announces his coming. And by saying the kingdom of God is at hand, it's like right now, y'all. It's right now, and you need to Repent. And so John is telling the people that I understand that you call yourselves children of Abraham, but being a descendant of Abraham is not enough. And John's also letting people know that your religion that you practice is not enough. The sacraments, the sacrifices, the ordinances, all the things that you tried to follow that you really can't follow. But all those things were not enough. You need to repent. You need to change. You need to have a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of attitude, and a change of behavior along with the confession that you are sinners and need help. And we all need that. We all have sin that comes short of the glory of God. We might as well admit it. That's what confession is, saints. Confession is admitting the thing that God knows is true about you. That's, a, that's confession. And so that's what John says. And John, as a symbol of the people's change of mind and attitude and heart, they become baptized. They get into the water and they get submerged in the water and they come up. And this was normally done when people were converted to Judaism, along with the men being circumcised. Which, ooh! <laughs> you know, grown men being circumcised, I can't imagine what that's like. right? Um, you, have to, you have to really sedate me hard, and let me wake up a few days later. But anyhow, I'm sorry. Let's get back to this. Okay, and so, so they, they, they were baptized, and John is baptizing people, and folks from all over is coming to stand and hear John preach and to be baptized. Folks are repenting, or at least going through the motions, some of them, probably. Okay, even even the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders show up, and John, he, you know, and when when they show up, John gets on their case. He said, "Who warned you, vipers?" He called them vipers. He called them snakes. Who warned you? To, who warned you about the day of judgment? Who warned you to come? Who warned you about your time is up? You know, I'm paraphrasing all this. All right, and so they come, and then Jesus shows up. Jesus, the Christ, the Son, the living God, before he started his earthly ministry, one of the things that we talked about how Jesus made sure that he did, he made sure that he was baptized by John. He did it as an example, because he didn't need to repent. (laughs) He had no sins to confess, right? He didn't need to do that, but he did it as an example. All right? and, and he did it as an example and also he did it to certify the ministry of John to, to let everybody know that the stuff that John was telling you has come to pass and it's true Okay, and so when Jesus comes the um, before Jesus shows up John says this in verse 11 I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now you have to understand, the Holy Spirit baptism is for the believer, and the fire baptism is for judgment. And John's talking to believers, and he's talking to non-believers at this time. So what he's saying is that some of you are gonna be baptized in the Holy Spirit because you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the rest of you gonna be baptized with fire, the fire of judgment and condemnation.
1: Okay. okay. Now I know
0: uh, we we like to think that we're baptized with fire, you know, and we get all excited, you know, we feel because we feel something, you know, you feel it, right? And yeah. so, oh that's the fire of the Lord. Uh-huh. You know, and, and we like to feel what we feel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And I thank God for that. But that's not the baptism of fire. Okay? That's not it. Praise the Lord. You don't want to be baptized with fire. No, you don't. Okay. Look what else he says. Um, This is what John says about Jesus. And his his windlow fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into barns, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Okay, so he's talking about judgment. Now the wheat, the threshing floor and wheat, see the fan looks like a, a, like a, a tool, it's a tool, looks like a rake, or may, maybe it looks like a fan. And what they would do is made of wood and straw, and they would, they would take the wheat and they would hit the wheat on the floor, right? The threshing floor. They would hit the wheat and what they would do the, wheat, the, the covering of the wheat will separate from the grain of the wheat, and then they will actually lift it up, and the breeze will carry it away, will carry the, the covering away, the, the chaff, mm-hmm. and the wheat will fall back to the ground. So when you go back to, to um, Proverbs, um, Proverbs 1, where it talks about the ungodly and not sober, like the chaff, which the wind drives away, that's what it's talking about. And so you, you hit the, you, you, you pound on the wheat, oh. okay? The covering comes off, you lift it up, you lift up in the air, and the covering gets blown away because it's real light and worthless, mm-hmm. and the wheat comes down, yes. okay? But I'm um, so this is an illustration, illustration <laughs> about separating the believers from the non-believers, for those who accept Christ, from those who reject Christ. And the believers and those who accept Christ will be gathered together. And the non-believers will go into judgment. John's preaching judgment, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's something we, church folks, we don't want to talk about judgment, do we? Well. We want everybody to come in, come in, be saved, be happy, be saved. Right? But there is judgment also. Yes. Okay, so we have to remind ourselves what God has saved us from. Alright? And we have to warn people what God Wants to do because it's not his will that anybody should perish, but that all people come to repentance. Amen? Amen. But that's what John had to say. Let's see what let's see what Herod, King Herod had to say about John. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Right after Matthew. Mark chapter 6. Around verse 20. Of course, I'm not in Mark chapter 6 yet. Amen. Here we go. So listen, at this point, John is already deceased. Okay? John, John um, in his ministry, and, and what he believed God called him to do, he 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 called out Harry. He said, "What you've done is wrong. You can't take your brother's wife. You cannot have that. It's wrong." All right. And so this made Herodias very upset. The wife of Herod made her very upset, and she hated on John. She hated John, but but Harry, Harry understood who John was. Okay. All right? And so when Jesus' ministry started being very popular and started gathering followers and disciples and people following after Jesus, they wondered, did John come back to life? (laughs) Which I find so interesting, because when Jesus actually does come back to life, people don't want to believe it. But at this point, they think John came back to life, right? You know? Or one of the prophets. You know, Elijah one of the prophets. They, They came back. But but we understand that it wasn't John, it was Jesus. But look what it says. Look what it says here. So when Herod, see what happened is that I told you a story last week, we could talk about it again. Herod had a birthday. Happy birthday to the king, right? And King had a party. And party he had and he had party guests. Had guests. And so his daughter or his stepdaughter was a dancer. And she danced for the king and the party and everybody, right? And so she danced so well, she danced so well, y'all. And this is a family program, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. She danced so well that Herod said, you know what, ask me anything. You know, when you get aroused, you make some crazy decisions, right? And so Herod must have been so aroused that he said, ask me anything, up to half the kingdom. And she went to her mom, like, like young girls would do, consult her mom. But she has a little evil mother and mom says, ask for the head of John the Baptist. See John was already in prison, okay? And so she asked for the head of John the Baptist and Herod didn't really want to do that because he knew John was a righteous man, okay? And so look what it says here, it says verse 16, but when Herod heard, this is John whom I beheaded, right? he has risen from the dead look what it says look what Herod 17 says for Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias his brother Philip's wife for he had married her then when we go down right look at verse 20 for Herod feared John knowing he was a just and holy man and protected him right and when he heard him, he, had many, he, he did many things and heard him glad. So Herod actually listened to John and received what he said. I don't know if he repented, all right, but he kind of received what he said. But he had a wife, and brothers, he had a wife. And he, he, he gave in to his wife, okay, like Adam gave in to his wife, Uh Uh-huh, and like Abraham gave in to his his wife, and sometimes we give in at the wrong time. Now, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, especially me. But sometimes, brothers, we give in at the wrong time. Okay? But look what happens. So he gave in to his wife and had him in prison, and so this was his attitude. He knew that John was a holy and just man. And he paid attention to what he said, And he was glad to hear what he was saying. Okay? But however, when the young lady came back and asked for the head of John the Baptist, he had to give it up because he was the king and he made an oath. And when a king makes an oath and swears that he's going to do this, especially in front of witnesses, he had to carry it out. Unfortunately. All right? So let's see. Now, finally, let's see what Jesus has to say about John. And we're going to give this a little more detail than the others, when we go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, and we'll start around verse 3. Praise God. Yeah, we'll come at, let's start in verse 1. Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John heard this before John's death, of course, when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the one, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Okay, now you have to understand, John's in prison now. He's done his work. He preached. He taught. He evangelized. He baptized people. And he did all this ministry. And now he's locked up. Not because of the preaching and the teaching, but because he challenged Herod and his wife. Okay? And so he's in prison now. And he wants to know, (laughs) are you the one? Now John knows he's the one. He just wants some kind of confirmation. He just wants some kind of vindication. He just wants something said to him. He just wants some acknowledgement. And we all, I think we all want to be acknowledged. I think John wants to be acknowledged at this point too. You know, I've done this work. I, I, I preached, I taught, I did what I was commanded to do. I, I fulfilled the prophecy about me and all those things. And now I'm, I'm locked up. Okay, but just like all the other prophets of the Old Testament, They were all persecuted. They all suffered and many of them were locked up and many of them were executed. Okay? And John, believe it or not, we said it before, is really an Old Testament prophet. I know it's written about him in the Gospels, but they were still under the Old Covenant. Okay? So John's an Old Testament prophet. And so anyhow, so are you the one or do we look for another? It sounds like there's a little attitude in those words, right? But you gotta understand, I think you and I may have an attitude too. Or we might feel some kind of way if we did something that we believe is for the Lord and there's no reward or fruit or benefit. Or maybe never maybe you could maybe you can handle that. Maybe you're more mature than most of us. But when we do things, when we work, we want to get paid. Huh? <laughs> we want to get paid. We want something back. We want something back. So anyhow, at least an acknowledgement that I've done well. Don't you want that? We don't always get it. We don't always get it in the world. We don't always get it at home. We don't always get it at church. But we want some kind of acknowledgement that we've done well. So, well. so I want somebody to appreciate what I'm doing here. I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm doing my job, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my assignment. I think I'm called to do more, but at least I'm doing my assignment now. And at some point I want somebody to say, um, that's good facing. I like what you're doing. It's even better if that someone is Jesus. <laughs> but look what it says here, all right? In verse 4, Jesus said unto them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are risen up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So Jesus said, show him, just tell him. He could have just said, of course I'm the one. What do you think? Come on, you know me all your life. <laughs> we grew up together. Well, we not maybe not together, but you know, we grew up. We're in the same generation, and you know, um, you know, my mother's your auntie. You, you. Come on, man. You know what's up. But he doesn't say that because Jesus is cooler than that. He just says, tell him what you see. Go back and witness to John. Witness to John. Encourage John. Testify before John. Let them know what's going on out here. All right? Let them know what's going on. And so that's what they do. That's what they do, right? And so that's what Jesus says. And as, verse 7, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking in the, in the, a reed shaking in the wind? But what did you go out to see? a man clothed in soft garments. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? See, when you repeat a phrase over and over again, it's for more emphasis. What did you go out to see? A prophet, yes. I said to you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. So Jesus said, Of everybody born, there's nobody greater than John. Nobody greater than John but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Now that, that, that requires some thought. That requires some uh-huh uh, way, you know. So what, what is Jesus saying? First he's saying John's the best. John's the greatest of all of them. You know all the people you heard of, all the people you read about, from Adam, from Adam to Noah to Abraham, to Moses, to the prophets and kings, John's greater than all of them. All right? is what he's saying. However, the least in the kingdom of heaven, I'm talking about you folks, are greater than he. Now, I know it's hard to take, and you're not going to go around saying, I'm greater than John the Baptist. You're not going to do that. All right? We're not, we're not that kind of people. But Jesus said, in the kingdom of heaven... In the kingdom, right? In the new covenant in the kingdom, where we become sons and daughters of the living God, he says we're greater than the old testament saints. That's what he's saying. Okay? Now we don't go around boasting how great we how great am I, how great am I? No, we don't do things like that. (laughs) We we understand that if we have anything, it's because of the grace and mercies of the Lord. Amen. Now, look at this next verse. I used to hear this verse a lot and I never knew what it meant. So I had to ask, I had to find out what, what are they say here. For all the prophets and the for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, right? Everything leading up to John, he's the last of those great prophets. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who has come. Remember the, what we read in Malachi? That's John the Baptist. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus said, if you can receive it, if you can handle this, John the Baptist is Elijah who was to come. No, Elijah has not risen from the dead and be in, you know, incarnated in John, but he's come in the spirit and power of Elijah like it was prophesied. And look at verse 16. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He's a demon. The son of man, Jesus is talking about himself. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton, a wine-bibber, a friend of tax excuse me, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. Jesus is saying, Look, you know, th- this generation that we're in now, you you guys can't be satisfied. All right? You you know, we want it both ways. John didn't do those things. John abstained from all that stuff and you called them names. All right? The Son of Man came and he fellowships with you. He eats with you. He drinks with you. I'm not saying he got drunk. No. Right. Not my Jesus. No. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Right? But he went he went to the weddings. You know? He 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 attended the weddings and the celebrations and the feasts and the things and the stuff, right? John abstained from all that. Jesus attends all these things and you call him names. And you call him names. Right? You, you like the kids in the marketplace saying, "We played. You're not dancing, and we cry. You don't cry with us." In other words, why aren't you doing what we want you to do? That's what Jesus is saying about the generation that he's in, probably about us too. Our generation. But look what else he says here. Oh boy! All right. And and then um, where am I? Okay. Then he goes on and he, he, re, he goes on and rebukes the cities and talks about the different cities that he's in, all right, and the different ones, and says that, if, in so many words, he said, if Solomon and Gomorrah heard this message, they would repent, okay? If they heard these things, they would repent, praise the Lord. Amen, and so on. And so Jesus said these things. In an, in another one of the Gospels, he says he says this. He makes this statement. He says, "From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force." And that used to bother me. I said, "What in the world is he saying?" And I used to hear people quote it, and saying, "What are they saying?" I know it's in the Bible, but what does, and so what, what it's saying is that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. It's talking about the masses of the people and the aggression of the people to hear the gospel and the good news is what he's talking about. He's talking about crowds of people, like the crowds went after John. They went after to hear John, right? And and so that crowds went after John, to hear the word, and they're doing the same thing with Jesus. And when he's talking about suffering violence, he's not, talking about, he's not talking about harm, he's talking about the, the, um, the crowd and the aggression of the people to come together and to hear what has to be said. And he said the violent take it by force, remember this is the same Jesus when we study in the gospels, this is the same Jesus tried to avoid the crowds, you know, he'd go into the mountain, the crowd follow him, he'd go across the water and the crowd walk around and catch up to him, they, he, they're all over him, at least until um, Passion Week. They're all over him, right, because they want to hear the gospel. So that's what I mean by it suffers violence, it suffers the aggression of the people to hear and to learn and to receive the good news of the gospel, because there was no real preaching going on. Malachi was the last one, and there's at least 300 years since him. Okay? And so the people are hungry for the Word of God. It's as if—I'm going to use use this analogy and bear with me. Remember we had the shortages of hand sanitizer? And we had shortages on toilet paper and Lysol and those kind of things, right? Imagine, even now, in in Texas, people—there's a shortage of water. And so when there's a shortage of something and then that, that item or those products become available, what's going to happen? Folks are going to go after it. They're going to aggressively go after that stuff and they're going to go get it. If there's a shortage of something here, all right, and then let's say you have it, folks are going to be showing up at your door, okay? And so that's what he's saying. There's such, there was such a shortage of the word and the preaching of the gospel that when the gospel is being preached and when the good news is coming forth, that the folks are chasing after it. See what we understand? We talked about people going after fishes and loaves and things like that, but in the beginning, they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Crowds and crowds of people just wanted to hear him. All right. They wanted to hear him. They weren't chasing after the um, healings and the deliverances and the other things. They wanted to hear the gospel. I dare say today people want to hear the good news too, y'all. Even folks who don't realize it, they want good news. They want to be encouraged. They want to be built up. They want to hear something that's going to help them. I need help. They want they want hope. Right? They want hope. They want strength. They wanna be encouraged. Some of them want vindication. They want to know that it's gonna get better. They want to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I have it. We have it, so we might as well share it. We might as well spread it. We might as well give it to them. Give them what they want. Help them. Help people hear the good news of Christ, let them know, because there's word, there's problems, there's issues, there's crises all around us, all right? And I want to hear something good. Don't turn on the news if you want to hear good news, because the news don't, there's no good news on those stations, right? There's no encouraging word there. Every once in a while, they give you a nice, you know, human interest story every once in a while but it's all tragedy turn the news on this morning there's fires, there's famine, there's trouble there's there's crime and that's the the stuff that sells that's the stuff that sells they need you and me to tell them what's good I'll tell you what's good Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God he died for your sins you know you could be saved today you don't have to do a whole lot all you gotta do is trust in the Lord and you can receive the salvation. You can have have your life change, right? You can have hope. You can have hope and you can have help. You know, all the things you go through, and you know, we all have trouble in our life, but through the trouble, I can have help through my trouble. We need to have people understand these things, okay? John preached the, the gospel of repentance. Jesus preached it too. But the good news, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Glad tidings, okay? And you and I have the glad tidings. We don't have to wait for Christmas to have glad tidings, okay? We have it, and we need to share it. We need to give it up. We need to present it to people as often as we are allowed to. Amen? And if you get an audience, you get somebody who's willing to listen, talk to them. Give your testimony. So what has God done for you? Where have you come from? What have you been saved from? What ha- what, how have you been healed? How have you been changed? How have you been made better? What is going on in your life that's so important that, that I should pay attention to what you're doing and, and believe in what you believe? It's up to us to share these things. Amen. It's helped us to share these things. So we thank God. So from the prophecies, and we don't, we don't have every scripture, but from the prophecies about John and what the angel said about John and what Zacharias, his father, said about John and what John says about himself, what, Jer- what Herod knew about John and what Jesus said about John, we have, enough, we have a lot to go by, to go on. Amen? Amen? But it's important for us to remember that John served his time and he did his ministry and Jesus said that he's the greatest of all people except for you folks who are in the kingdom of heaven. The least in the kingdom is greater than he. I know, I know you you can't get with that because we think of greatness as what you have done What have you accomplished? We think of greatness like that. When we look at people in history, and it's Black History Month, and we look at people in history, and we look at their accomplishments, amen? But the greatness that you and I share is not about our accomplishments, it's about his accomplishment. It's about what Jesus has accomplished in our life, where he provided the salvation, where we are called the sons of God, amen? You know what man of love the Father has bestowed upon you and me, that we should be called the sons of God, which about sons and daughters, right? That we should be called the sons of God, and therefore the world does not know us. The world does not acknowledge you. They don't recognize who you are. They don't understand who you are and your importance in this world, right? Because they don't they didn't know Jesus, they didn't acknowledge him. right? And it also says that, but it's, we're, we're not sure what we shall be. You know how we're going to end up. But when he comes, we're going to be just like him. And we're going to see him as he is. That's the thing. You're going to be just like Jesus. You're like him already, but you're going to be physically just like him too. Amen? So that's why the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than all those previously. Now, i caution you again. <laughs> Don't, we don't we don't boast on greatness, anything that we think we are. Amen? We boast on Jesus. Even the Apostle Paul didn't boast on all the revelations and the great work that he did. He boasts on the things that he suffered on behalf of Christ. So you and I, we just brag on what Christ has done for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father in Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord we thank you for allowing this time of study and this time of fellowship and we ask your blessings upon your people and the hearers of your word today Lord help us to understand that you've done wonderful things for us through Jesus Christ our Lord and you provided this salvation and we don't have to earn it, buy it achieve it but we can just receive it by faith Help us to do that even now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we pray for those who are listening, Lord, those who are listening, and those who may be making a decision for you. And Lord, as they just just only say a few words but have faith in you, we know that you receive them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. For you today who wants to come to faith in Jesus Christ, all you have to do is say, ask the Lord, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. If you believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that God has raised him from the dead, right, all all you do is say something like, Lord, come into my life. I want to be saved. I want to be saved from my sins. I want to be saved from judgment. I want to have right standing with you. It's it's just that simple. The words are real simple, but the faith is what you trust in God with. And we thank God for you. Listen, um, we want you to remember that we're still in this pandemic. Um, We still have to cover our mouths and noses. We still have to keep social distance. We still have to practice good hygiene, clean our hands. Amen. Amen. And we still have to be patient with people. And we want you to remain safe. Praise God. We're praying for the vaccinations and vaccines to go forth. And all those who are eligible and all those who want it, we hope they get vaccinated. Amen. Amen. We're praying for people in Texas, Louisiana. You know, and, and that, re- the whole region, the whole region, the South is not used to ice and snow and the things that we go through in New Jersey and North North America, you know, northern part of U.S., they're not used to that stuff. We're praying for them. We're praying for their recovery. We're hoping that that the weather would change on their behalf and that they would get the help they need from the states and from the federal governments and from any organization um, that, that um, will help. Uh, we will even send donations if you want to send a donation through your church. If you want to send a donation through the Red Cross or one of those other agencies, you can do it through the church. Just let us know when you when you contribute, what you contribute. Just say I want this to go to the um, Texas Relief. Amen. Amen and continue praying we have we have some members who have relatives in that area and they're praying for them we're praying for our folks of this area who are concerned about the folks in that area Amen. because it's it's a hard thing and you can't run down there to help okay so as you watch the news as you watch what's going on and you know pipes are bursting and, and, and roofs are collapsing and different things You know, um, just be prayerful, be prayerful, and then ask yourself, you know, or ask the Lord, what can I do about it? Ask the Lord, what can I do about this situation, all right? And see if the Lord doesn't move in your heart to do something, all right? So keep praying, Um, we're we're looking forward to, um, we're looking forward to a change. We're not gonna be in this pandemic forever. It's already been too long, it seems, right? But we're looking forward to a change, and we're asking God to make this change, to help us make, help us get through it, yes. help us get on the other side of it, and so we could be in the change. When he makes the change, we know it will be changed for sure. Yes. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time and your patience, and we will see you next time. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord.
1: On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at App at Living H2O Church or Zell at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.